Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Agnes Hewitt. And I thought I was getting off to quite a roll this morning recording, and then I just completely sputtered out. So this is take two. Sometimes you just got to start over. You got to scratch it and start over. We were only talking for like 30 seconds. No, yeah, it wasn't that bad. Um, Nothing of importance. Uh, I only had one one pint glass full full of coffee this morning. Not enough, not enough. I was contemplating the second, but I refrained. Um, I think I might be honestly like done with Thrive Market. <gasps> what? I really don't think. Okay. Just I'm saying from a cost perspective as a member of Costco and also right. a member of Jeff Bezos's um, cabal Empire. of Whole Foods. Yeah. Like, I don't really know that there's much on Thrive Market that I can't get at one of these places for at least as cheap, if not cheap. Like the one, I mean, Whole Foods, a lot of people will say it went downhill after Amazon bought it because it's not as, it's not as special. It's more of like a regular grocery store, but them prices, those are, they're competitive prices. Sorry guys. It's, it's competitive out there. Whole Foods. It definitely is. Especially if you buy organic, like if you're shopping organic, you really might as well just go there instead of going to like we go to Ralph's or whatever your local Oh Ralph's. I mean if I was yeah, have. Ralph's if you try to buy organic at Ralph's or Vaughn's or like a a a traditional grocery store, you're spending like twice as much money and the organic sections there are disgusting. Everything is like mealy and like moldy um cuz no one yeah. cuz everyone that shops there like doesn't care about organic. So they just don't. Actually, I will say I got some organic blackberries at Ralph's on Monday and they're actually pretty nice. Well, you have, I think your Ralph's is particularly nice. We have a nice Ralph's. Yeah. We have um, two nice Ralph's. I'm in the, you know, you know where I live. Yeah. I, I live in supermarket heaven. I actually don't live close to a Ralph's. Um, I live close to a Vons and that Vons is, it's getting, it's gotten better over like the, the almost 10 years. God, I've almost lived here for, it'll be 10 years this fall. Um, wow. But due to my relentless attempts at gentrifying this neighborhood <laughs> it's gotten a little bit better but um it's still i mean what an what i wouldn't give for jeff bezos to come down and buy that space and turn it into a whole foods i know walking distance from my house everything just buy every supermarket i know you're really good at it he 
I mean, he was a great bookseller. He really, he really uh, reinvigorated that industry. Yeah. And now he's the Sam Walton. What is, I mean, who's a famous grocer? Sam Walton, I guess. I don't know. John Ralphs. John Ralphs. Um, Karina Delvon. <laughs> I uh, mean, I assume that these were all like names of people yeah. at some point, right? Peter McSafeway. <laughs> I don't know. McSafeway. Um, did you know? Here's an interesting fact. Yeah. You know the store Smart and Final? Yeah. It's actually, it really was started by two men. One's I, last name was Smart and one last name was Final. I you did know that. Know that. Yeah, yeah. I heard that on another podcast. Oh, shit. I probably heard it on the same podcast. It's so embarrassing. But I don't remember which one. So. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember I mean, from one minute to the next at this point. I don't know what's going on and I don't care, but I did place a huge thrive market order earlier this month, or I I guess late last month. And, um, it was expensive, but I got a lot of specialty items that otherwise you're just shopping around for them too much. You know, I got a lot of low, like I got, well, first of all, I ordered one frozen thing. So I've been trying to find those fucking carb, smart, low carb, birch benders toaster waffles that was something i'd been on the hunt for they have those at whole foods don't they okay my whole foods no but in oh you fairness, have the tiny little mini but i whole have foods. the good one too and i couldn't find it at whole foods and i couldn't find it at ralph's and i was like i'm gonna blow everybody up i was so annoyed Erwan? i'm not really oh Erwan, no fucking way Erwan isn't gonna carry birch benders yeah. birch oh. benders is paleo running mama level yeah, shit yeah, yeah. um I think, I don't know who knows, but so I put in a thrive market order and I was like, give me those waffles. And then they were like, okay, but now you have a frozen box and you have to absolutely fill it with like $50 worth of shit, which is obviously irritating, but I just went and got all like grass fed meat. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a skirt steak. I have a couple chicken breasts. I have, I got a thing of bacon. I got, um, ground pork so i feel like i have so much plus my freezer i already have like a ton of salmon so i'm like the paleo queen right now you are like one of those instagram influencers that have like the separate freezers in their garage for all their meat i know it's somehow it all fits in my little like whatever apartment freezer above the fridge but it's uh it's a lot so I, I kind of like rounded out the order that way. And then I got a ton of more birch benders, like low carb, like sweets, like brownie mm-hmm. mix and cookie mix, just like all this fucking stuff, like not, not good for you, but just because I'm sorry, if you're really trying to eat low carb and cut out sugar, you kind of need something Yeah, yeah, yeah. through it. Are you doing like so low sugar? Like you're not even doing like fruit and stuff? No, I'm doing fruit. I'm just, I'm not doing, I'm just like trying to cut out the carbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And it's still not great to have a bunch of, you know, erythritol, which now they're saying gives you a heart attack, but I don't believe it. Honestly, it's not great to just like start packing that shit in. Um, But, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to cut the sugar, no, cut the carbs good. for a little I- limited time, limited time only. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I don't know. I've been going back to my, after like the week of Valentine's Day where John and I polished off a giant Costco fudge tuxedo cake. Oh, romantic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then last week, oh, 
I went to Costco and John was like, can you buy some dessert thing? And I was like, I am not buying another one of these tuxedo cakes. Oh my God. But I got these like Belgian, um, like, like, mo- like chocolate mousse things in like a, they're, but in there, like a dainty little cup. They're not like the Costco ones. They're nice. They're so for, was, they're for nice little boys. They're not exactly big tuxedo men. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but after that, I'm like, okay, I'm literally going back just back to my sumos at night and my oh, two, wow. my two squares of, um, of dark chocolate, even though I probably am going to die of a cadmium overdose or whatever it is. There's nothing you can eat that isn't going to kill you. Every single fucking thing is poison, but I have to tell you about this chocolate bar that I got. Um, so my new low carb lifestyle, I bought a couple of Lily's chocolate bars. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, they're they not. make it me doesn't go sit right. right to the top. <laughs> I, I got like Lily's white chocolate chips once because I think they were like the only, I didn't even realize they were like sugar-free mm. and I made a batch of cookies with them and they were oh. literally, I mean, I should have sold them as, as like, if you're constipated, have one of these cookies. Really? It was pretty amazing actually. Yeah. I know some people have that effect. I, I don't, I can eat them and just, you know, Great. keep on going. So if you can eat lilies without having explosive diarrhea, I do recommend, I got this milk chocolate sea salt caramel one that and it's milk chocolate, which I never get, but now I'm getting it because apparently dark chocolate has lead in it, but then the erythritol will give you a heart attack. So really it's like, you know, what are you willing to give up from your life when you eat this? There really is no winning in this. I mean, I guess you just have to eat, like go back to the basics and just get a fucking Hershey bar. Yeah. That's the only thing. Cause there's, there's no real chocolate in there. So it's not going to have lead no or cadmium and it's pure sugar. So you'll get diabetes, <laughs> but you're not going to get your but your heart will be fine yeah yeah and now there's as we'll mention later in the podcast there's a great i mean everyone knows a great uh cure for diabetes slash whatever you want it to be what ozempic why are you talking about ozempic so much are you gonna get ozempic i'm not getting ozempic i'm just it's on the brain because of that giant the cut article this week Oh, that stupid article. It was already on my brain. I hate it. I I read like one paragraph of that and I was like, you know what? I'm sick of this shit. Um, but we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, cause I didn't I... prepare anything else to talk about. <laughs> okay. Well, I have, I have something else we could talk about, okay. but it's not really related to goop at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, this, so I also have the, there's like a white chocolate one with cookie. It's like a cookies and cream one that I also got, Okay. which I've been picking at here and there. I have like three, like I have like a line, you know, it's like in like these like little squares and I'll have like a little line, like a little row of squares every once in a while. Sure. Sure. But it tastes, it, you kind of get a little bit of, you're like, mm, that's not real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I cracked open this other one last night and I almost finished the entire bar. I was like, I couldn't stop eating it. It was insanely good and it tasted just like a real candy bar so if you are a freak like me and you can have erythritol and you're laughing in the face of death and you don't want to eat carbs this is my recommendation to you uh that's a good recommendation i'm still on my um was it called elo alter echo alter echo which is like one of the worst ones for lead well no it doesn't have a lot of lead it has is it cadmium is the other mineral yeah, I think cadmium is the one that, but uh, so I, but I just I eat a little bit of it, but I I I alternate between the um the burnt or the the brown butter and the burnt caramel. Those are my two oh, favorites. God. But are those milk? 
No, there. Well, I do. I sometimes get the because they have a grass fed. It's like a sixty percent grass fed milk one, which supposedly doesn't even have the cadmium in it. And I like it. The problem with milk chocolate for me is I don't. I don't know if it's like better. It tastes better, but it 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 tastes less intensely of chocolate. So I want to eat more of it. Mm. And I'm never like if I just have like a little square of the really intense dark chocolate, I'm usually like fine. But if I have a square of milk chocolate, or if it's a chocolate with anything like almonds or anything oh in it, oh then no. I have to eat the whole bar. I'm it's like that texture. It's so good because if you have a square of dark chocolate, it has like tannins in it, kind of. Yeah, and it, it will. Um, it just sort of lingers and it's nice. You're like, Oh, I have this nice, like chocolatey taste in my mouth. I just, I only needed a little bit. It's this like punch of flavor and it's like a pleasure. It's like a more, it's like a classical pleasure experience. But if you're eating a milk chocolate, I mean, that's real pleasure. That's decadence. That's like, I want this now. And it's like, yeah, this, I have the same thing where my brain is like, don't stop eating this because it's so good. I, I mean, I like it more definitely. Milk yeah. Chocolate. It's the difference between like Mahler's fifth and teenage dream exactly (laughs) (laughs) like i know which one i have on repeat uh okay here's a question for the culture Mm. why can i no longer get mary's slow growth non-organic but the pasture raised heirloom chicken thighs now every time i go it's either the disgusting like all natural antibiotic free cheapo Mary's, which God knows what's in that or the nine 99 a pound fancy light blue organic ones. And I don't have that middle of the road choice anymore. Is it a seasonal thing? Are the chickens, they're just not ready to be slaughtered yet this time of year. Yeah. That's the only <laughs> thing I can think of. Slaughtering phase yet. I don't know. Um, I really, uh, honestly, I my chicken is probably disgusting. I go to Whole Foods and I just buy like the Whole Foods brand, which says something like, I don't know. If they I give you they, some cold comfort about. They give you some cold comfort, although I'm sure it's 100% bullshit. And I just buy like, I spend $30 and I get a giant pack of, and I'm not even 100. I think it's like, seven dollars a pound or something and i just get a huge thing of chicken breast and i put yeah. it in my freezer and that's my chicken journey so i'm sure it's fine and i never buy chicken thighs because i'm a i'm oh, a yeah. lady so i don't really know um i love my i love my skin i love my bones i love my fat yeah <laughs> it's just something about you know why because it reminds me of like when i because i grew my mom ate chicken breast and all i ever had was chicken breast growing up and then when i would go to summer camp they always had thighs and whenever i taste chicken thighs now it just it tastes like industrial like food you get like in a cafeteria or like at summer camp or like something like that like not food that you like would make at home it's just like a psychological thing because that was the only place i ever had it yeah i think i mean my mom only cooked chicken breasts too like i I mean, I'm sure I had thighs like going to restaurants, but I, I never really thought about it. And now I think it's just most recipes, unless it's like a specific like cutlet recipe, most recipes like call for thighs, I guess. Well, they don't dry out as much. So people like to cook with them, but I would rather, I think I, I think I know how to cook them now without them drying out too badly. And I would rather have it dry than have Mm. a i do buy breasts every week too for lunch because i in my my little fake sweet green salads that i make uh i do a i do some chicken breast yeah but now 
And I did try because I was like, I cannot keep buying these fucking organic $9.99 a pound. Cause I get it's like two chicken breasts for $14. And you're like, that's, yeah, that's insane. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Um, and like, so I went Unless to Costco. There, I mean, they I don't eat like those two chicken breasts basically last John and me for like four salads each for like Monday through oh, that's Thursday. That's a lot. That's because I put, you know, I put chickpeas, I put cauliflower, I put beets, I put a bunch of stuff on the salad. Oh, you're so also like, doing chickpeas. Yeah, I'm doing. And if it was up to me, I would also do hard boiled eggs, but that's a no go with John. I see. Um, but I, yeah, it's just a protein vessel. Um, but I did go to Costco and get like the like three pack of organic chicken breast that was. It was a little cheaper, but honestly, because it was like $30 for, it was like $30 for three packs. Mm. So I, that would last me three weeks. Um, but it just, I know, like, I'm, I know that this is not a placebo effect. It really did not taste as good. Like those chicken breasts, those Costco ones, even though they're organic are just not as good as the Mary's. I believe you. Um, well, that's definitely our grocery story for the week. I know that's chicken talk. Can we talk a little bit about Ozempic? Because I will never, I won't always, talk about it again. Okay. I'm always available to talk about Ozempic. <laughs> and it's not even, okay. Cause it's like, and I get, I've seen all the takes. I've seen this is, you know, the, uh, this means genocide for fat people. To, well, that's not my argument. <laughs> to, um, you know, this is saving my life and blah, blah, blah. So, like, it's good for some people, not good for other people. I just thought this article, and I think it's funny, like New York Magazine and The Cut they're very good at doing these like cultural critiques that are both a little like snarky and sort of like you're, you're a little bit like making fun of the people in your article, but then it is also this aspirational wish fulfillment of like, these are the elite and these are like what, this is what rich people are doing right now. Yeah. And I think Ozempic because it is so new and it is like, it is uh known in these sort of Hollywood and New York elite circles, it's, it's, it's become, um, a little bit, it's like, a, you know, it's almost like the same thing as why people like to watch real housewives. You're, you're sort of, you're sort of looking down on them, but you're also, you're also, you're also sort of wishing you were them. Yeah. So for me, that Ozempic article, I just kind of opened it and I like looked at it a little bit and closed it pretty quickly. It's really long. I think I read there was a paragraph that was going around. And the thing about it for me wasn't so much about the subject matter. It was just that there's this voice and I've kind of talked about it before, a a voice in writing. And it's like the 40 year old brat, like I'm 38, but I'm going to talk like Cher Horowitz and Mm -hmm. I'm going because of maybe your own wish fulfillment or maybe just like as a way of letting you know, your haters know that you know what they're going to say. So you're going to say it first. It's a total lack of authenticity and um, it's totally not genuine. It's completely fake. And it was funny for a while, but I'm so tired of it. I'm not impressed by, you know, a middle-aged woman with an MFA living in New York City being able to capture the voice of um, an entitled Valley girl. I'm just, I'm sick of it. And it's not that I, it's, and maybe I missed reading because I didn't read the full article, but it just felt like more of the same. 
Yeah, I think that's just sort of the, um, that's like the voice that New York Magazine, I mean, I'm sure it's changed over the years because it's like an old magazine, but they, they do, they have this sort of casual, like colloquial way of speaking that I think is supposed to be, yeah, just like you're, you're, you know, you're slightly more rich, sophisticated girlfriend, like giving you, you know, the tea. Yeah. And I actually find it kind of condescending. Uh. Yeah, no, it totally is. I'm capable of reading something that's a little bit more straightforward than that. And I want to know what, you know, the writer actually thinks. I feel almost like, are you afraid of me? Are you afraid that I'm going to bully you for being too smart? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's what, because it's like, so do you want more of like a an authoritative voice like the new yorker or something i want i just want less like artifice and i want it to be more genuine mm-hmm. i don't and i and i don't want to read the same i don't want to hear the same voice every time i crack one of these things open yeah yeah i, I yeah. like a little variety yeah i think it's i mean i really i think because most of these people are probably like right around our age and it is yeah it is like a share horowitz because we were sort of that i mean was that was such young. a that was because like you have to remember for all of our listeners younger than us that moment when clueless came out like i mean the valley girl speak had been a big deal before then obviously i was like, i was i've been a lifelong victim i'm chronic you know, <laughs> i have chronic valley girl speak but like the early nineties, like Seattle was the capital of the cultural world. And like, everyone wanted to be, you know, like singles reality bites. Like these were the sort of like grunge slacker voice was sort of de rigueur for, for cool pop culture characters. And then in LA for like, at least maybe the past decade like the very late 80s to the early 90s was no longer like the cultural capital of the world people didn't really aspire to live in LA and then because like the Pacific Northwest was the place to be and then when Clueless came out that was like a huge turning point into the late 90s like I don't think Britney Spears I don't think boy bands I don't think any of that cultural shit up into you know Abercrombie all that stuff I think Clueless like paved the way for millennials to like be fun again, honestly. I think you're right. I absolutely think you're right. I think it changed the way that we thought about like what it was like, hey, don't you want to be like this instead of these boring, rainy? Yeah. Well, because when I was a kid, I mean, maybe it's also a product of living in the Bay Area where like you're indoctrinated to like hate LA from like your Which is so funny because I I mean, we've talked about this before, but just for our listeners, I just want everyone to know it doesn't go both ways. Like don't think about the Bay Area at all. Exactly. Um, But yeah, you I always thought as like growing up that like LA felt so 80s to me. It was like, this was, you know, like the mall. Like I just, I remember watching Karate Kid when I was a little kid or even like LA Story. I don't know. Um, it seemed very like frivolous and 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 not like real, which the 90s were so into authenticity. And then I just remember like breathing this big sigh of relief when I saw Clueless and I was like, oh, this actually does look like a fun place and it's cool again. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, Clueless, I definitely wanted to be share. I didn't view that movie with any type of, well, I was too young to understand, but I didn't see any like critique in it or anything. It was a hundred percent aspirational. I wanted everything. I wanted her outfits. I wanted the 
like whatever program she had to pick out her clothes. I wanted to like crash into cars in a Jeep. I wanted all of it. Yeah, yeah. I loved um, it. And now if Cher were alive today, she would probably be on Ozempic. She, I mean, yeah, if she was real at this point in her life, she would yeah. be on Ozempic for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure other other people read this article. Like I after this, I like don't need to hear any more about it because it does it does I I do feel queasy about it. And I I get that there's both with you know people who are diabetic who need it, and then people who really struggle with their weight and like feel better on it. Like, God bless you. Like I I'm not judging you at all. But um from just the idea of like shooting yourself every week with something that makes you not hungry sounds horrible to to me i i i don't know i get so much pleasure out of food and i i love it so much and i understand i've definitely been through moments of my life where i you know wished i wasn't as hungry or wish i could lose weight like i'm not saying i'm above all that because i'm definitely not but there's just something there's something really creepy about it and i just think long term it's sort of like amb ambient like it's a great crutch if you really can't sleep it's a godsend because you can yeah. sleep again and you don't have to worry about it. And that's what the people in this article kept saying. I don't have to worry about overeating. I don't have to worry about gaining weight. It's it's such a weight off of my mind. My thing is like, I remember Fen Fen yeah. and everybody, nobody thought there was anything wrong with that until everybody realized there was. And I, I think I'm kind of of two minds about Ozempic as well, because on the one hand, I think, yeah, obesity is obviously like a very touchy subject for many people, but as someone who has struggled with their weight and been a yo-yo dieter, I do feel like I can say that obesity is a net negative. Like it is not safe or healthy to be obese. It just isn't. And I, on the one hand, I understand that treating the root cause isn't always uh, sometimes you kind of have to triage something and you do mm -hmm. have to treat the symptoms. And if the, because a lot like heart attacks and diabetes and things like that, those can be also symptoms of obesity. Like people want to treat the root cause, root cause, root cause. Well, obesity is a root cause for a lot of other problems. And, um, if you can, obviously people know there's a lot of information out there about diet and exercise and people see in America seem unable to do it for whatever reason. So maybe medicine to just make people not fat is the right way to go. If that's like, if that's where we are as a society, like, you know, I believe also in being sort of realistic about where you are and what your abilities are. No one really seems to be able to diet into weight loss for any, I mean, it's, it doesn't really work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I, I do think at least the people that are being profiled by this article, these are not morbidly obese people. These are not people who whose health is being compromised by their weight. These, this is, this is an actress who needs to fit into her costumes. This is some middle-aged Jewish woman who just wants to lose 10 pounds. And then poor Arthur was the man who was, who I just really related to because his bio was just Arthur, a longtime gourmand. Okay. I'm sorry, Arthur. And but... I was like, oh, I get it because he says he's like, and I, as I identify also as a longtime gourmand, mm -hmm. And he says, um, it's been a bit of a pleasure to not be so hooked to this stuff, meaning food. Yeah. You're suddenly a normal human being. I don't need to eat this giant haunch of dead flesh. But I'm like, I mean, a giant haunch of dead flesh is is embellishing the truth. But like you do, like you are a human, like you do need to eat something like you. It's just it's going to 
I don't know. And I, I don't want to feel like I'm moralizing, but I'm like, this will catch up with you in the end. This is not, this is not an easy fix much like Ambien. Like it, it's a great crutch, but it doesn't teach you how to sleep. Right. This but does not like, teach you how to eat. Right. But I, my argument is that I don't think anybody really needs to be taught how to eat. Like, I don't think that there is any lack of information on the internet about, or from the government or from your doctor about a, a healthy meal plan where you can safely lose two pounds a week. If you, if you pair it, you know, with exercise and walking 30 minutes a day and drinking plenty of water and blah, blah, blah. blah. I don't think that there's anybody who doesn't know that. Uh, especially if you're trying to lose weight, mm. but knowledge doesn't necessarily turn into action, especially with food, something that's so compulsive and emotional for people. And I, you know, you, technically you're not supposed to be prescribed Ozempic unless you are BMI 30 or higher. And if you are, then I think it's a good way to treat your medical condition. If it's, if you're not, and you're choosing to like subvert the you know, recommendations on it, then you're an adult and that's your choice. I I mean, you know, do whatever you want with your body. I don't care. But, um, but I, I feel like, um, the, the diet culture is, unmanageable. And I also think that the idea of healthy eating or like learning how to eat healthier is it just, I mean, it doesn't work. I don't know. It's the information is out there and it's not working. Yeah. There's some, I mean, I do think, and this is like my conspiracy brain, but I just do, I do think it is like the food supply in this country, whatever the cause, whether it's chemicals or roundup or seed oils or whatever it is, it is making us fat in a different way than the food in other countries. It's, I think, um, the serving sizes yeah, that's what are a little, are bigger. And the cult, just the culture of. And also like, I I think that there's something to the car culture too. I mean, nobody mm. walks here. We don't have any, and we also have no um, ritual around eating. Um, and also I just think it's, um, I think just like the easiest, most available thing and the cheapest thing is also the worst for you usually. But then there are also people like him who are like a gourmand or whatever, who are like probably not eating McDonald's. It's probably like other stuff that's, that's giving him issues, but you know, we identify with, I don't know. It's also so individual. You know what I mean? Like we're not, we don't think of meals as something to be shared. We're like, what do I want for my, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I just, I guess I do worry that because the the images that people see are going to be, they're not going to be these like, you know, diabetics or, or obese people that this drug is helping. They're going to see the images of like actresses, uh, who, you know, go from being, you know, a size two to a size double zero. And like, that's, and again, like as, you know, product as a product of like the nineties during the sort of the last moment where this like extreme thinness was, was, was constantly celebrated. It is like scary to think another generation of like mostly young women are going to be bombarded by these images again. I mean, I, I guess, but I think that like all body, I mean, whatever the, I mean, it wasn't just that. I mean, it was all the way through to like, yeah, no, it's not, it's not specific to skinny, like low raised jeans, whatever it was popular but 
I don't know. I mean, I think that what we've had for the last 10 years was also not great. Like the BBL was incredibly oh, yeah. dangerous and yeah. people died all the time having it. And that was also, I mean, that's also a very unrealistic and almost cartoon. Like there's a girl who used to go to my bar class who obviously had a BBL and it just looked, I would like, it looked ridiculous. I'm sorry. Like she didn't look like a normal, like no one's body would really look the way that no. this girl's body looked. And, um, some people, I don't know, like there've always been unrealistic, yeah. weird beauty standards. Well, and just the idea of like a certain body type being in style is so gross. Cause it's like, obviously everyone has different bodies. So like what yeah. it's just, it's just like so fucked up in but general. That's not new. I mean, that's just always, it's always, yeah, it's always, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone, if any of our listeners have tried Ozempic, let us know. Yeah. Also I wanna... because I did IVF or whatever, I froze my eggs. I'm not yeah. like as afraid of injecting myself with stuff. That's true. Yeah. No, it, it's because you're just, um, it's just a, a tiny little needle and it's right in your flat. It's just, you don't have to like find a vein or anything. Yeah, you put it in your fat stomach. Yeah. So fat. <laughs> uh, but I mean, this stuff is going to be, if, unless it's, you know, it's going to be found to like be give like birth defects soon. It's going to, get more and more popular and because these drug companies can make a ton of money on it um it's just going to be more widely available the thing that makes me that i think is really fucked up is that people want to give it to like elementary school children and i do think that that's insane and disgusting and it makes me want to burn america to the ground yeah i mean i obviously i'm not a parent uh but it seems and then you do see these some kids that are already having like so many health problems, but it's crazy that we have so many obese children that that would be necessary. But also at that age, I mean, it's like, can't you just, it seems like at that age, it should be easy to fix. You'd think, but I think like we said earlier, there's just so many variables into, into what's going on at home, like what the diet is, what the culture is, what your genetics are. And for I imagine for a lot of like busy parents, if you're watching your kids suffer and you don't have the the resources or whatever to like completely change your lifestyle, I could see how. I mean, much like I mean, this is probably a bad analogy, but like much like little kids getting on ADHD medicine or whatever when they're, you know, eight years old. It's yeah, like, I know. But it's like that's something like there's no other that's like a medical condition. I mean, I guess obesity is a medical condition too, but like there is a, a way to fix it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but there's a lot of, there's other people that say, you know, no kid should be on Ritalin or whatever Adderall when they're a little kid. And there are other ways to fix that too. I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah, um, that's, I mean, I do think regardless, like everyone is somewhat over-medicated, not to say that these things aren't incredibly helpful to certain people. I mean, similar to SSRIs when, when you're an adult, like, Oh yeah. I think a lot of people it's really necessary, but then I do think in general that stuff is probably over over prescribed. It's definitely everything is over prescribed in America. We're deeply we're so fucked. Oh my god. Whatever. But anyway. Anyway. Um I would be I would never want to do this long term, but it would be interesting to try for like to just do one for one week and see how you feel. But then maybe maybe I would like it too much. But I, I just like food too much. Even the, the I like the the gourmand. He even says like when he has like a good week of eating ahead of him and he has like specific restaurants he wants to go to he skips yeah. a shot <laughs> oh my god that's so funny and he has diabetes he's the one that needs it he needs it yeah <laughs> um well good for him mm. i don't know i i am trying to even though i did buy all these like expensive like birch benders whatever 
I, I'm on a never ending quest to like be more and more normal in my eating just to, yeah, to value insane and expensive products less and just to consider it sort of a food source, just like a just a biological necessity and enjoy it, but not not fetishize it. Not every fetishize meal. it, yeah. Which I know is- that is that is the thing I struggle with because I, I look forward to every meal so much and I get so much pleasure out of it. Yeah. But- well, my problem is that the marketing works so well on me that I think if I eat a certain food, I associate that with a certain lifestyle that mm-hmm. I want. Um and realizing that that's just not true and like trying to fight that is kind of my goal right now. Yeah. Oh, that's actually a good segue. Did you read um the Bon Appetit receipt this week? Oh, I think I like looked it over and I thought it was really boring. Well, I thought it was okay. So it's um it's an adjunct professor in Texas. So wait, people, I'm sure people know that that listen to this podcast, but like the receipt is this thing that Bon Appetit does where they just go over a random person's like whole food diary for the week and like add I, up the exact costs and everything. Yeah, I did. I I did look at it. Yeah. Um. So this is an adjunct professor in, in Austin, Texas, making 30,000 a year, Um. which is also that's like another just like insane thing that like our professors are basically like living border in borderline poverty. Yeah. Well, adjunct is um is an like, adjunct is like a part time job. It's, it's like a freelance. Yeah. Like uh, you're not on the staff of the, you're just like yeah. teaching classes or whatever but yeah. again with the, these things are always crazy because like much like the um there was that grad student that was making even less than that that was eating like really fancy food right. this woman 28 years old making 30,000 a year she's spending this week she spent 382 dollars on food which is stupid which is like definitely okay there have definitely been weeks in my life where i probably spent that much in i know for a fact that i have but like most of that would probably have to do with i went out for like a nice meal and like that counts as part of the money she's just for groceries for i mean i guess she's buying some stuff for like her boyfriend and like some friends but just groceries she spends 259 dollars for one person mostly one person yeah, and, it's unsustainable. And she had she went to the grocery store seven times that week. I mean, I think that that's like it's just an unhealthy. It's just it's it's obviously neurotic. Yeah, there it is like a neurosis, and I understand that because I somewhat share her neurosis for always needing to have groceries in the house, like needing to have a very like regimented schedule, of like when I'm buying groceries. Like I get that. Yeah. But then I'm just thinking the cost, it just stressed me out because it didn't seem, I mean, maybe she just didn't share this information. It doesn't seem like she has family money. It doesn't seem like her boyfriend has like that high paying of a job. Yeah. The other guy, the guy in Portland or wherever he was in, um, I knew that town, Corvallis. Corvallis. Yeah. He, to me, seemed like he was lying about having family money, um, just because of the products that he was getting and also his little stories about where he got things on these European trips or like trips to Asia. I was like, you're, you have more money than you. It's literally impossible to do what you say you do. Um, but this woman, it just really seemed like she was authentic and being honest about how much money she had. It didn't seem like she had a secret trust fund. No. So I'm like, you are, you're going into so much debt. If you're spending $400 a week on groceries, crazy and, and you're making, you know, maybe like $2,000 a month in general, like you're, 
How that, do you do anything? You're going else? into debt. That's, I mean, you are racking up credit card debt. Like that's the only way she could be doing it because she's not, she's not getting food stamps. Ugh, yeah. It stressed me out. Cause I'm yeah, like, and that guy at least was getting food stamps. Yeah. I mean, she, that's the thing with making 30 as, as someone of $30,000 experience. Yeah. It's too much to get food stamps, but not enough to live on. So you're sort of fucked and you just have to budget. Like you don't yeah. get really any help. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, and I I related to her too because she was like, oh, I just you know bought this like whatever bottle of like twenty seven dollar pet nat, and I'm like, yep, that's something I would have done, and I, I would do, too. and not be able to afford it. And I I like I totally understood her, so I'm not like judging her, but I'm like I was just like stressed out for her. Yeah, it's very stressful. Um, and she also is. I mean, this is very like late twenties, but she's also like, oh, I you know I'm a vegan or I'm mostly a vegan because it just like makes me feel better. But then she's eating like like Takis and like chips every day and like going yeah. through like 10 blocks of like Violife cheese every week. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's very, it's very like junk food vegan. Yeah. Which I don't know. She's 28. She can deal with yeah. it. Is she oh. going with two bags of chips for lunch? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. She had, and that's the thing. Like it's crazy. Like she spent almost $300 on groceries, Um, but no, she didn't even, was- go yeah chips i know and it was just like these little like trader josie type meals it was just like yeah I mean, her it's... meals all seemed like kind of disgusting to me i think that's why i was like scrolling yeah. through it and i was like i don't know they just didn't seem very good no she doesn't she's didn't seem like a natural cook or like an she was just like i love she just seems like the type of person who loves like trendy ingredients so she's like i bought this like jackfruit and like kimchi and like weird like grain-free tortillas and like pet nat and just like takis and it's just like she's just constantly shoveling this like garbage in her mouth yeah just all over the place kind of um although i have used that miyoko's uh liquid vegan pizza mozzarella before was it good it was actually pretty good. It was when I was like after my whole 30 when I was trying to do like very dairy free, which is why I have yeah, like yeah. five tubs of Kite Hill cream cheese and butter in my in my fridge that I'm now like refusing to use because they're not good for you. Oh no. Yeah. Um I mean they're better for you than other like fake. Sure. And they taste, like, I mean, Miyoko's and Violife, like for those type of things, Kite Hill, like those do taste pretty good. They do. But that mozzarella cheese, I thought was, if you're not eating mozzarella and you want to make a pizza, that's what I would definitely use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But you need to use more than they tell you on the bottle. And you're only supposed to put it in a very thin layer. So. It's uh, kind of- and this woman is in Austin and I don't think she had one breakfast taco or one ta- well she hates the tacos there because she's from like san oh, she's antonio. from el Salvador, or she's from san antonio so no, she's, she's from like... another part of texas yeah, yeah. and uh, or, she was, yeah. so there's some sort of rivalry also i'm sorry like not to be one of these like anti-vegan people but it's like if you're in texas like what's the fucking point with the breakfast ta- like the whole point is like the smoke well yeah it's like it's austin it's keep austin weird they're I guess they have vegan. They have, yeah, they're like the vegan capital of Texas. But yeah, I'm like, if I had one whiff of that barbecue, I would. Fuck, I'm fucked. I'm I'm there, yeah. The food in Austin, oh my God. I I only went to Austin once for like a long weekend and I'll never forget the Tex-Mex. I've never been to Austin. Really good. Um, All right. Any other articles news you want to talk about not really i mean like my thing was so unrelated it's almost not even worth bringing up but i did get deeply deeply obsessed with the murdoch trial this week Um, oh yeah someone at tennis last night was trying to talk to me about it he's just like this rich guy from south carolina who killed people 
it's abs it's actually really twisted really? And okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do a deep dive I, i'm sure there will be some sort of hulu limited series there, that I can there watch. are already two um that came out way before the the verdict or even oh. like the trial started there's a netflix one and then there's a a superior hbo one and okay. i actually recommend both but the hbo one is definitely better the 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 netflix ones has has a lot of talking heads with the people involved which is interesting hmm. but um the hbo one does a little bit more of a deep dive into the family although i would love more deep dive into the family because yeah. they were this super prominent family of lawyers that have been the the prosecutor in this small area of uh South Carolina for over a hundred years obviously and they have super deep ties to the police and other and the banks and just like every all of the like powerful institutions they're like right in the middle of it and they are have always been incredibly shady, possibly violent. You know, there are all these rumors about them making people disappear and all these other things for years. Um, and I think all the power and the privilege just caught up with them. And finally, this last guy had just too much and uh, was a complete sociopath wow. and couldn't control himself. And it's, it's just like a totally sick and disgusting story. That is. All right. I do. I'm definitely going to watch the HBO one at least and see. Yeah. Watch the HBO one at least. Cause it's these like true crime things as they're happening. I just honestly like try to tune them out. Cause I just, I feel like, like it's like a Nancy Grace type of thing where I'm just like, I don't want to even involve myself in learning about this. But then once they're over and then I'm like, okay, now I want to know. I'm like that now with everything. I'm like that with TV shows. Like when people are everybody every week, everyone's like, Oh, did you see this? Did you see that? And I'm like, I can't keep up with it. I have to watch. I have to binge it. Mm -hmm. And I'm the same thing with these true crime things, especially if there's a big trial going on, because every day there will be a huge, you know, it's like, 12 hour or however long the yeah. trial is that day plus with all the news coverage and everything and people will be talking about things that I don't know I don't know what they're talking about and I get completely overwhelmed and this one in particular is really weird because the guy is obviously keeping a lot of stark secrets about especially about his money um that still hasn't come out and so there are st it's just still kind of a mystery even though he was convicted yesterday mm. um he definitely killed his wife and his son but why is still i mean people have a general idea but the specifics aren't really like hammered out and he had a lot of money that is just seems to be gone and i don't know where it is so weird. yeah it's really weird uh well that is much more interesting than the last piece of news i want to talk about which is gwyneth um doing some she's trying to raise 75 million dollars for this weird venture capital fund that she's starting with this okay i'm from first of all i was like my first thought is that she's doing like a go fund me which is yeah. obviously not but i was like i'm not giving her any money Why would I say <laughs> well I, I hate to break it to you but she's not asking you for money it's not me okay um, fair fair but it's like ugh, this is just like I mean, this is totally what I'm expecting her to do for, unfortunately, for the rest of her life. It's called Kinship Ventures. It's run by Gwyneth and this longtime beauty industry entrepreneur named Moj Mahadra. 
And again, it's just like gobbledygook. The Los Angeles-based firm will seek to invest in early-stage consumer goods and technology companies. Well, I guess that's not that confusing. <laughs> um, and then typical check sizes. Oh, that they are going to, I guess they're, so for, if you have like a fun product, you can pitch it to them. They can give you between 500000 and $3 million. And then it says last year, it backed a payment pl- platform called MoonPay, which I haven't heard hide nor hair of. I haven't of, so. heard of that. So this seems like an inauspicious debut, but I'm sure because it's Gwyneth and she's asking for $75 million, she'll get it. I hope she does. And we'll Do whatever see. you want with it, Gwyneth. You deserve it. Sure, sure. I, I'm looking at her Instagram right now because I'm trying to find information about this. I'm not seeing it, but I did see that she posted the top three pictures on her grid are Brad wearing a chunky cardigan Great. saying happy birthday to him. The very next one is... uh Mr. Coldplay. Wait, what's his fucking name? Chris Martin. Chris Martin, her the father of her two children. Wait, they their birthdays are one day apart. That's sick. That is really mm-hmm. like she went to an astrologer and she, she's like, when should my husband be born? Yeah, no, she knows. I think what I think I bet you that the birthday kind of sealed the deal with Brad for her. Oh, yeah. But she posted a very sweet thing, like happy birthday. We love you. You're a great dad, which I'm Again, the conscious uncoupling is, I think, aspirational. Sorry. It really worked for him and them. And I loved the comments. I mean, it it does seem like everyone who knows Chris Martin. I mean, I don't really like their music, but like it does seem like everyone who knows him says he's like the nicest guy. I'm sure he is. But then the third one is oh. another happy birthday to the third. So first was Brad, then was Chris, and then today is her next husband. Chris. Tracy Anderson. What if she leaves Brad for Tracy Anderson? I would love it. She said, happy birthday. I guess you aren't technically a spouse, but we've been in a marriage these past 17 years. Wow. So she is team Tracy forever. She's so two important pieces of information. One, she's throwing her support behind Tracy Anderson after the negative press she got last week. And two, everyone in her life that's close to her has a birthday within a day of each other so that is also very interesting for uh no one loves pisces more than gwyneth paltrow which is interesting what is she i don't even know she's i think she's a virgo right or no oh god we should know this is so embarrassing that we don't know No, it's okay it's kind of cool that we don't know she wouldn't know well she doesn't know ours (laughs) she doesn't know ours so we don't know she seems to me like she would either be a yeah, like a Virgo or like, like an a Cancer Leo. Uh, or a Taurus. No, she's not a Taurus. Let's wait, see what she is. I have to look it up. Look it up. This is so embarrassing. Uh, I know. There are probably people who are like screaming. Screaming at, at us. Because I know when I listen to podcasts and like the people that are talking like should know something and they don't. I get so angry and I'm like, how dare you? You have a podcast like about movies or something and you don't know about this specific movie or like you have a podcast about politics and you don't. And so I'm sure that's exactly what we're doing right now. I'm sure it's like really, really annoying. She is a Libra. Okay. I could see that. I dated a Libra. I honestly don't think I know any Libras or are friends with any Libras. I think that they're, I think I kind of like them. I think that they're like, I feel like Libras are like grounded and cool, but I don't really know what that's late September, early October. Yeah. Yeah. 
I can't think of anyone in my life that's a Libra. Uh, uh, they anyway. need to socialize. They seek serenity, love of style and romance, going about for justice, the ability to create a thri- thriving partnerships at every turn. Sounds like our queen. Sounds a lot like her. Um, the traits that are owed to Libra's ruling planet Venus, which oversees love, beauty, art, and how you spend money. Well, that's Gwyneth. So. She knows how to Libra make money. She knows how to spend money. She sure does. All right. Shall well, we? Shall we get into the newsletters? Yeah, let's get into it. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. All righty. What was your best of the week? My best of the week, while keeping with what we're talking about, was the um, spring horoscope. Totally. I uh loved mine i don't really understand what's so special about this horoscope but mine was you know you've been down in the dumps and working hard and the fruits of your labor are about to pay off so just chill and enjoy it which um you know will that come true or not we'll see but that was my horoscope 
That was nice. Feel good, yeah. Mine felt good too. Cause mine. So, okay. So I guess big picture Pluto, which is like, as far as I know, it's like sort of a bad planet or it's like sort of, it's like, it's like dark. It has uh -oh. been in Capricorn for like 15 years since new November, 2008, when the Obungler got elected. Interesting. So what? And Pluto has been in Capricorn since November, 2008, and it's finally leaving. The Obungler? Yeah. <laughs> President. In 2008, yeah. Obama? Yeah. Why he is got, he the Obungler? That's just a nickname for him. Oh, is that what like the Republicans? Yeah, have? yeah, the Obungler. I've never heard that. Oh, you never heard? You don't, no. you don't listen to enough right-wing media. I guess not. <laughs> that was before they had Trump who could like really come up with some yeah, yeah, yeah. names because I that that one doesn't really roll off the it's, tongue. It's old school, I guess. I guess, yeah. Um I've heard but, Obummer, which I also Obummer think is, is funny. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I'm so glad now that I know like not everything why not everything in my life is going amazing is because this stupid planet has been in my house for 15 years. Oh my god. <laughs> and on March 23rd, guess who gets Pluto now? Not me. Aquarius, oh, me. baby. But it's actually, You're I'm going to get, you'll get a taste. No, but my, my Pluto is good for me. It says, many of you who know about Pluto moving into Aquarius will be afraid. Pluto has such a destructive and disruptive mm -hmm. reputation. I think they're just trying to make you feel better. But you should choose faith over love, faith and love over fear. You may safely take this year as a break from the obstacles you have faced. They have had their place and reason. And if you take some time to reflect, you'll see just how far they've helped you come. Pluto stays in Aquarius for only three months this year, March 23rd to mm. June 11th. So you'll get a taste of what's to come when Pluto enters Aquarius again in 2024. Oh. It's more about transformation and change than negativity. So lean in. So you get a little taste and then you don't have to really buckle down till November, 2024. But they're saying it's good. And they're also saying Saturn, the planet that governs restriction and cold, hard facts is preparing to leave your sign after two and a half years. If you've faced your responsibilities and worked hard, the rewards are winging their way towards you. It's good. Maybe. Yeah. So I, I guess Pluto just means like, it's like major transformation. So it's like, it says Pluto demolishes systems that don't work and encourages you to rebuild on firmer footing. So my, uh, forecast says depending on how you view upheaval commitments responsibility and your attitude to authority in general this may have been especially challenging and especially or especially riveting for you all that is going to change when pluto moves into aquarius on march 23rd giving you a break from what has now become normal and ushering in more joy and love so it's like i have been under so much turmoil and so much transformation for the past 15 years i don't even know what normal feels like anymore and now i'm but finally gonna get to experience normal but that's how i feel about my life <laughs> like i feel like i've been living in hell for you know my entire yeah. life so why now it's gonna get worse i mean how much worse can it get well it could get either worse or better depending on how much you've prepared and how much maybe you just gotta ride the wave well um, i have three i have a month I have a, no, yeah, I have like three months to kind of get a taste for it, and then in 2024 I'll be ready. That's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's yeah, good. That's good. Whew. Intense. I'm just. I'll report. I'll report back. I'm just glad, like, since um, uh, Jennifer Freed has sort of like meandered away from real horoscopes. I'm glad that like this is a woman, Carolyn Faulkner, and she. Has done a good, really good job. I like her as Goop's new resident astrologer.
I like her too. I'm putting March 23rd. I'm putting this in my calendar. Oh yeah. We should have like a ceremony where I can, I can transfer Pluto to you. <laughs> I know we should uh, do a moon ceremony. Enters a March 23rd. Wow. Pluto enters Aquarius from March 23rd and it ends on June 11th. And then where is it going before November 24th? I don't know. It better not be going back to Capricorn. <laughs> well, it's in the calendar. <laughs> so we'll uh we'll see. Uh wow. That I did like these. These like forecasts, they made sense to me more than other forecasts for some reason. I don't know. When I first like opened my eyes this morning and like open goop and was reading it, this felt really exciting for me. But now that I'm looking at it in a new light, it's terrifying. I I do think that they were just trying to make you feel better with your. Oh my god! Because no. they don't they don't want to be like oh sucks for you you're getting Pluto now. It's like uh. But like your life hasn't been that bad. I know. I, mean, I know. I'm not well. Like, no, it's been in your life for 15, 15 years. years. So in the last 15 years, like you moved to LA. I know. I've uh, met John. Married. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I mean, I, good stuff has happened to you. Oh, so. absolutely. Absolutely. I've, uh, I definitely feel much more myself. <laughs> Did you, you notice how I put you met me above you got married. Oh. <laughs> I was, I was gonna like, say, I listing met John. all the things that happened to you. I was like, you moved to LA, you met me and you got married it's true it's true that in that order well um, I mean, you know, started no i it's not like like carolyn faulkner says it's not all bad it just means it's a time of turmoil and transition and now i feel like i've had enough turmoil and transition and i just want to fucking relax but they always say like this is a time of turmoil and transition i mean i've never seen one that wasn't like you're going through a tumultuous time of transition but it's okay just be optimistic and it'll work out yeah this is I'll get a taste of what's to come. Let's see. You may safely take this year as a break from the obstacle. It says take this year as a break from the obstacle. Because it's going to be just too much to handle. So you just need to (laughs) hide under your bed. What bad stuff could possibly happen? I mean, but Saturn planet governs restriction and cold hard facts and it's leaving my sign. Oh, right. So you won't, you'll be. You won't be and restricted have, by facts anymore. I've already faced my responsibilities and worked hard. So I'm. it's time for my rewards to come. That's true. It says if you have. So you have to really. I have. You have. You have. <laughs> I've done a good job. So many of you know about Pluto moving to. I'm now I can't stop thinking about this. I got to get this woman on the horn. I. All right. I'm sure there are people that listen to this or people that we can reach out to that know way more about astrology than we do that we can really, maybe we should like do like a group session of. It also says that I can take a break from the obstacles and they have helped me. They I, I, When I take a break, I'll see how far they've helped me come. Yeah. 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 And it's more about transformation than negativity. All right. I'm all about it. I'm going to transform. Right. It's going to be good. I'm. I am welcoming Pluto Good. into Aquarius. I wish I knew about this back in 2008 and I could have like prepared myself have prepared. a little bit more. You could have prepared. Uh, unfortunately, I was too busy, you know, cheering in the streets for that guy. <laughs> for that neoliberal that fashion. Neoliberal, um, <laughs> you know, wedding drone bomber. Sorry, everyone's gonna hate us who like is a I know. Well, when I said it, I was we're half kidding, kidding, but yeah. Um 
uh at least i mean marianne's gonna announce march 4th in two days and then we'll all be saved i can buy a fucking new t-shirt i'm so grateful that i kept my old one Mm. we have to see her she'll i'm sure she'll do a fundraiser again we have to go see her oh god i hope she's back at the saban i saw that she was going to be in washington dc and i was trying to get my I, my brother to go or thinking like can i fly out but yeah, i know i was like i was pissed off that she was doing her announcement in washington dc i hope that she incorporates into her announcement some information about pluto entering aquarius because i <laughs> she just better more clarity on the subject <sighs> we'll see anyway uh, all right so that was clearly both of our bests both of our best. um what was your worst let me fire up my notes here and i close my notes up like a fool my worst was oh um sorry the salty girl i haven't been to salty girl i'm sure it's good i'm sure it's fine i just um i think it's a little bit um trendy and it's kind of a fad and that always makes me sort of depressed i think like i like I like tinned fish. I've had, I've bought expensive tinned fish at a nice restaurant before. I understand the appeal, but I'm, um, I'm not going to get on this. I'm not going to join in with everybody. I mean, I'll, it's I, a, it's a fad. It's going away. It's not here to stay. Don't get too attached to it. I get what you're saying. And I do think the tinned fish craze is definitely like a fad, but salty girl. So salty girl is a, very well-respected seafood restaurant from the mm, quote-unquote great city of Brad Falchuk himself, Boston, Massachusetts. Mm. And they opened an LA outpost here in, I think it's in West Hollywood or something or like Sunset Strip. Um, This is the thing I would try because I do want to, and I don't care about the tin fish. I might, I might buy a can of tuna there or a sardine. I might not. I really just care about lobster rolls and clam chowder. Like I'm a very basic man when it comes to seafood and I just want lobster rolls and clam chowder. So that's, that's what I want to try. And I do feel like even though tinned fish is a fad lobster rolls and clam chowder are a perennial. Oh, they're, they're not going anywhere. Those are a classic. Yeah. And I do like, I'm looking at their menu that you can get your lobster roll warm because I think a cold lobster roll is honestly very a disappointing thing to eat. I don't really like it. I it depends on my mood. If I'm on if I'm in a hot outside east coast summer, you know, humid blah blah blah, I I wouldn't mind a um a cold lobster roll, but the ones at what's the one that Gwyneth likes that is like in Malibu and um oh I've never been that like bar where you go and get your oysters yeah and it's really good oh fuck I forget what it's called but they only have um hot lobster rolls I think they only have the warm ones with the butter and it is really really good those are so good um yeah no I would I mean look I'm not gonna say that I wouldn't eat this shit I would but I'm just I'm not gonna get I'm not going to get excited about it. The thing is, like, I like an expensive tin of fish. I think some of them are tasty, but it's sort of like um, a price markup. I mean, with wine, I guess everyone's just sort of used to, like, spending way too much money on a bottle of wine at a restaurant. But, like, a tin of fish, I'm like, you're not cooking it. You're not doing shit. Why am I spending, like, $20 on a can of tuna? Yeah, I'm with you. I don't totally understand it. Although, I do think that some of those, like, I can't even remember, but some of those, like, really good, like, olive oil packed tunas like the that one that comes in a jar oh yeah no i mean some of them are really tasty and now i'm 
sorry i only get it in oil now in oh yeah oil. fuck that i used to be i mean when i was growing up it was just like only water i never of course. saw one that was in olive oil but now it's all olive oil all the you time. better yeah. yeah and but like i'm like why if i'm already because you're you know if we're going to our local shoppy shops we're mm-hmm. already spending let's say like eight to twelve dollars on a good can of sardines or tuna or whatever right and so i'm not gonna spend twice that just for the the privilege of like going to salty girl and getting like a like cocaine line of black cracked back black pepper on like a a marble slab or whatever they're doing it tell me about it although um the first time i ever had this was at uh bells in uh los alamos and um i was really excited to get an expensive tin of fish in a restaurant yeah and it was they gave it to you with crackers and butter mm, and I mean, it was I mean, it's undeniably good. That sounds great. You know who invented this craze or at least popularized it originally? Gabrielle Hamilton, the chef of the long, dearly departed restaurant in the East Village um, on First Street. This was mid-2000s. This was like height of Olsen Twins mania. Um, She opened this restaurant and the appetizer du jour that everyone everyone couldn't get their hands on fast enough was sardines with served with triscuits and dijon mustard huh oh is that why it's a it's like that's like the hot girl lunch yeah but this was like 15 years ago this was like i never i never in my life imagined eating a sardine i just thought of them as like oh this is what my like my my mom hates them because her like my grandpa would just like eat them every day for lunch and it like stunk up the house and that's why she doesn't want to be jewish anymore (laughs) i know well our like clat our our eating habits are just like things that old grandparents would eat that we used to think were disgusting, yeah. like Brussels sprouts like, totally. was the, were the first. And then because the baby now. boomers hate all, all the stuff that the baby boomers had to eat growing up, they hated them. So like liver, Brussels sprouts, sardines or whatever. So then when we were growing up, it was never even in the picture and we had to that rediscover them. Yeah. I know. And then the next generation is going to be having like, I don't know, like cuisines. grape nuts and stuff. Right, yeah. They're gonna love um Slim Fast. Like, yeah. Oh God. I actually love Slim Fast, but I don't I honestly don't I think I've ever had one. The best I ever had when I was really young, or they used to make me eat um because I like couldn't eat breakfast in the morning and they would give me carnation instant breakfast. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Just pure sugar. It's just sugar. It was so good. Um I drank that. Oh my god. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope I can take you on a date to salty girl because john sure isn't gonna go Look, with all this I, I will go to salty girl and i will rack up a hefty bill and i will sure. eat my weight into tin fish all i'm saying is i guess i feel i'm guess i'm feeling very non-conformist i'm v- feeling very skeptical of everything that seems like a trend right now yeah i i really do think it's the just that tin fish stuff like because this is you know there are there are, you know connie and ted's is around there's like a couple like nice sort of east coast style fish places in los angeles so yeah. i don't think that this is like reinventing the wheel um but i don't know in the la times they all i mean it might be just like pr but they also said like salty girl now has like the best lobster roll in the city oh i would just get the lobster i mean i would eat tin fish too i wouldn't i didn't even know they had that other stuff i only have heard of it i i'll be honest i barely read it's just a small paragraph anyway and yeah, I, it's like how did you barely read it it was two sentences i don't know i just saw oh salty girls on here and kept going but i've just only thought of it as like a tinned fish restaurant yeah it's not, i mean it sounds like had, it 
Yeah. Well, and that's what I've like heard about it, but I didn't realize that um, they had like a more extensive menu that I just looked at that actually does look pretty good. It's just a bunch of cats serving you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right. Well, my worst, oh, I thought, see, I thought this was going to be your worst because it was the bean article. (laughs) This is my saddest. I mean, it's pretty sad. It's like, I was so pissed off. Okay. Cause as you all know, one of the greatest regrets of my life was to stop being in the Rancho Gordo club. And now I can't get back in it anymore. Cause once you, once you quit, you have to go to the bottom of the wait list again. Oh no. And so, but like I had, I had so many pounds of beans in my, I mean, it was insane. It was crazy. So I'm it's for the best, but anyway, so I thought, Oh, this is going to be another guy who's like, like we need some disruption in this industry. Rancho Gordo is like the shell oil. Like it's, we need another, we need a competitor to Rancho Gordo. And I thought that this guy was going to be it, but it's not, he's basically doing like fucking like rice aroni shit. It's like pre-cooked like packages. Oh, I know the dozen cousins, right? Yeah. It's like, I I don't want that. I don't want like, just slip it in my microwave. That's disgusting. The dozen cousins is a fave of Melissa Hartwig for those who are doing the vegan whole 30. Okay which um is very bean heavy because it's basically the only thing you're allowed to eat yeah. other than this would be good for um for our body probably too yeah i mean i think if you want because right like in 20 i don't know 16 there was a huge bean craze and everybody was making pots of beans and everyone would be like my brothy pot of beans yep. and- i blame um who's the one the little test kitchen manager in bon appetit um with the curly hair i don't know <laughs> forget she was the one that always was obsessed with beans oh right carla carla yeah um so the brothy pots of beans whatever i tried it a couple times i was like these just taste like beans i don't understand what's so fucking special about this they were like your broth is going to be so velvety and so delicious and da, da, da. and i was like what it's it's bean i don't understand why people get so obsessed with fucking beans like to me, a bean is nothing. Like it tastes like a little mealy lump and <laughs> that's it. Like, what are you getting out of these fucking beans? That's so great. Honestly, I think these people, Carla at all, are they're putting gallons of olive oil in them. Yeah. They're putting like a whole fucking wheel of Parmesan cheese. It's basically like just cheese and fat with beans and then they're saying like oh my god these beans are so good it's anything would be good if you cooked it that way yeah and i've also always thought that beans were more trouble than they're worth because cooking them takes fucking forever and then if you open a can that's another pain in the ass because people are just like just open a can of beans and then scoop some out it's like what am i supposed to do they're in this grotesque like slime liquid so I'm supposed to like, do you drain them? Do you yes. not? And then you only ever use half of one. So then I have like, what? why are you little... using half a can of beans? Because I, it's just me. I'm not, I don't want to eat an entire can of beans in my salad or whatever. Leave so it for the I... next day. And ha- I do. I do leave it for the next day, but I'm saying that I have like a tiny Tupperware of these like little beans rolling around in my fridge and then I never eat them and they go rotten. And I'm like, that was a waste of two bucks. I shouldn't have bought the fucking jar in the first place. I, I, I hate beans. I mean, I really just think you should stop buying beans because I I, I get the fact of like, oh, it's annoying to like cook beans from scratch, but to say that it's 
annoying to like open a can of beans and have it in your fridge for a day. I think it's just, you really don't like beans. I, I think I just don't like them. Cause it's like, it's disgusting. Like I think the liquid they're in makes me not is nauseating that like aquafaba. It's, it's the aquafaba. Oh, I, I know. And I've actually made once I did make a recipe where uh, for black bean burgers, where you use the black bean aquafaba as well. And they were the best black bean burgers I've ever had. But that sound good. I, I usually, I usually discard my aquafaba. I shouldn't. I, I just like, they're not doing anything for me. So I get, so maybe you would actually like this dozen cousins because there's no can. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's pre-cooked. It's in, it's like those, um, you know, they have, it's like in like Indian vegetarian Indian entrees that they have in like the, in the, yeah, I love those. It's they're, they're, they're just sort of boring. And I'm sure like, these flavors, I mean, it's like, uh, you got a Creole gumbo, you have a Trinidadian chickpea. It seems like good flavors, but I just can't imagine that this grocery store pre-cooked beans is that good to be well, on goop. Yeah. Be because goop. they've always been in, I don't even know if they're in grocery stores. Like they've always been, they claim to be in whole foods. I looked at the store finder, but I've, I haven't seen them there, but it, it says that they are. They're very, um, I don't, they're all, they're very, they're like in with like health conscious people. Yeah. But are these, these beans aren't any more healthy than other beans. They're just, supposedly like easier to use because you probably don't have to cook them yourself. my guess is it's like in there i it's it's probably all bullshit but i think they're also saying that um you know maybe like like they have like uh, mexican cowboy pinto beans or whatever that i'm sure are healthier than like your average can of like baked beans or whatever yeah yeah if you're making cowboy beans or refried beans from scratch you're using they a lot of like fat and salt and so these are probably yeah I don't know. I really think opening a can of beans and, you know, putting in some onion and garlic and some salt, a little bit of butter, olive oil is pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. Except for every time I've done it, it's tasted like shit. I mean, I don't know. I think you just don't like beans. You might be right about that. A little that. smoked paprika, a little cumin. Ah, perfect. I mean, but okay. So again, I'm sorry. I've asked this question before, but it's like, so you open a can of beans, drain it, you put yeah, it in a yeah. pot. Yeah. Then you add olive oil, butter, and seasonings and mix it all up. What I usually do if I'm well, you you can't even be lazy and just put it all in together and just turn it up and cook it. But usually I would saute onions and garlic, maybe a little cumin seeds or whatever to begin with. Then yeah, I drain the beans, um, put them in the pot, add a little bit of water or broth even though it's just, it's the, so it's the same amount of water that would be in the can, but it's just not the gross bean water. And then um, maybe a bay leaf, maybe some oregano, maybe whatever spices you want and a little bit of fat. So you're doing a little butter or oil or whatever. And then you just cook it on low for like 10, 15 minutes until the flavors all meld. And then, you know, you can put it on a tortilla, you could put it with some rice, you could do whatever you want. Like I like beans if I go to like, if I get like a burrito or something, like I like the beans in it. Mm -hmm. I'm just not, I'm just not going to, I don't like them that much, I guess. I don't want them in my home. Okay. Or the other, I mean, that's sort of like the Mexican way or the Indian way of doing it. But like the European way, I also like the Carlo way of just drowning it in olive oil and Parmesan with like white beans or something. With white beans. And, and yeah. those are good. I, you know, you, I, I do them in the instant pot, but you could, yeah, if you do them on the stove, it's going to take forever. 
Maybe um, my problem is that I'm always doing this with black beans, which I just don't think are very good. Yeah, black beans like are that. usually my least. Oh, I also do like the, if I'm doing a black bean, Goya. I know that they're like, you know, Trump fans or whatever, but they have like a great, uh, a Saison or an Adobo. And those are really easy because you just, it's like, it's, it's, it has all these different spices and a little, I think they have a little MSG in there or something. Um, it's like the sort of traditional uh, Cuban way of making them, which are really good. That's I what like, you yeah, do. Like I do. I like them too. Like I love, have you ever been to Versailles? No, I never have. It is so fucking good. It's this Cuban place that's been in LA for like my entire life and it's delicious. I love their black beans. I Oh, I like them in a restaurant. I just, when I cook them, I think yeah. they always just taste like shit. I think I over, I think I like I think I cook them like too high. I think I use too high heat or something mm. when I do. Yeah, it. cook I them think low. I'm just... And I think you just need a lot of fat and salt. <laughs> I mean, but that's wow. again like that makes it's everything, like everything taste good. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll yeah. I'll revisit it at some point. Uh, and if I see a dozen cousins at the store when I go this weekend, I'll buy a pack and test it out. But yeah, yeah, I do. I love those um, Trinidadian chickpeas. Those taste really good. Well, we'll see uh all right so that was your saddest yeah my Um, saddest saddest was this is we all we've all known this for a long time but i finally got the official word um someone actually one of our listeners pointed this out to us which was really helpful Um, i'm nervous what that caitlin is officially no longer affiliated with goop and hasn't been for a good six months (laughs) so one of our listeners uh, took a screenshot of Caitlin's LinkedIn Her page, LinkedIn. <laughs> which we should have just done that in the first. I mean, it it did not even cross my mind. I but. know it's like the easiest. Like, how dumb do we have to be to like? Well, I don't know. I guess I just like never think of these people having like a LinkedIn, but of yeah. course they do. Uh, so yeah, it says like she, you know she's worked at Goop until September of 2022, and now she's her job is um is like private chef so i don't know if she's like working for a particular family or she's doing freelance work um but so that's sad i mean not i never you know i never i had my complicated feelings towards caitlin but maybe Uh, that's why you've been hating her so much for the past few months because she she literally hasn't been there (laughs) (laughs) and like i feel like and so the thing is um we were just wondering like you know, did she quit? Did she get fired? I don't, I really think that Goop itself is just no longer in the business of recipe development or food things. So I think they just laid her off and they don't have a food. They don't, they never hired another food director. So yeah, I think, and it seems like, you know, they could replace her very quickly. I'm sure there's a million a people, people who would want to do it. Um, so I think it's just sad that like, this is like officially we're never, I don't know that we're going to get like new recipes from Goop. Unless it's some other author who's like plugging their cookbook. I think that there might just be, they might be having like an internal identity crisis with food right now because Gwyneth pivoted to paleo. The paleo space is very unglamorous. Even though glamorous people want to do paleo, the food is all, the like recipe development is always like very suburban and not like very sophisticated so maybe they're just trying to take a minute and see where they want to go with food i hope so i hope they figure out what they want to do and like i mean i wouldn't be like that thrilled if they only 
you know, we're doing paleo recipes, but, and I don't think that they would, cause I, I really do think Coop as a brand is like more expansive than just Gwyneth's own. Personal. Yeah. It's not just her personal preferences for sure. And like Goop did have, I think a, a, a distinct brand in as their recipes were like very tasty, very complicated, very yeah. expensive to make, but like good. Yeah. If you, if you had the effort to make them, um, they're like, it's like comfort food. That's a little healthier than normal and like way more complicated than it would normally be. To but make. I also think that they've all been pretty easy to modify if you kind yes. of have an idea of what you're doing. Because I've made a lot of goop recipes. I think I've modified all of them. I've cut things out of all of them and they've all tasted good. So maybe I've never really made a true one, but um, you can you can def- you can read through and be like, I don't need that. I yeah. don't need that. Because they're know? all using, even if the ingredients are crazy, they're all using like classic techniques. So like if it's yeah. a meatball recipe, you're just like, oh, this is how to make a good meatball. And you can sort of do whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. I think um, I I don't think that the goop recipe game is totally dead. I think it's just, you know, maybe Pluto is stopping by in their house and they're having a moment of transition. Yeah. We'll see, you know. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, like I, well, you know, be quite excited to see where they go if they hire a new food director and Caitlin, if you're listening now that you're no longer affiliated with goop, we welcome you to join us on the pod. If you want to talk yeah, about you're your welcome experience. and we're sorry that yeah. you it wasn't that. you, obviously it was them. Yeah. We were totally, you know, misinterpreting you because there's still her byline on everything, which is so I weird. know. Well, yeah. Cause it's the old articles. Cause I literally was like, oh, she's just lazy. And like, cause you know how those companies now are like unlimited PTO and it's just like, yeah. they don't pay you very much and they don't give you any benefits, but they're like, oh, you can. So I just thought Caitlin was doing like six months PTO. Yeah, I know. But nope. <laughs> no, she, was, she got fired or quit. Uh, probably fired okay laid off she's laid collecting unemployment well she can't collect unemployment if she's working as a private chef so caitlin you better caitlin is fine she was under rich. the table she, her, her a job is just a hobby for her and all these people who work there so. sure um, uh all right okay so in the interest of time i did uh write my my try and buy are the same so oh, cool, cool. that's which is i my runner up for best and something I really liked was the, for the most natural look, use a brush, Gucci Westman's easy to follow guide. Um, so I, when I'm doing my makeup, I use a blush, I use a blush brush, but I usually use a beauty blender for everything else. And I've always admired people who use a brush to apply their foundation because I think it seems more sophisticated and adult. I have, I am just incredibly lazy about cleaning my brushes. And I also, um, like my brush sets always get all over the place and I only buy really cheap ones. So would I ever spend $575 on a set of makeup brushes? I doubt it, but would I, if, you know, I, you know, was a billionaire, I absolutely would. That would have been a long gone. Like I would have purchased this years ago. I think these brushes all look really nice and clean. I know that I can find a like dupe for them. Sure. I want to know the difference between a really expensive one and like a cheap piece of shit, because obviously I exclusively buy pe- cheap pieces of shit when it comes to any type of makeup applicator. That's another thing where I'm like, who cares? You know, you're just going to like zhuzh it and try to make it look okay. And I don't wear makeup. I don't wear like a lot of makeup anyway, but, um, I did like this, um, 
explanation of, okay, here's what you use for this. Here's what you use for that. Um, because I'm always a little bit confused, especially about like the baby blender brush. Like, what are you supposed to do with that? Um, this is a little explanation of it. Would I use it this way? Who knows? I'm using all my brushes, all the small ones I use interchangeably. And I almost exclusively use them for eyeshadow, which apparently is wrong. So anyway, that's what I would try. I would try using brushes well, the ones that I do have, which are all from like Amazon and cost like one second and also or one cent and have like makeup caked on them from years of use. And I just like rub it on my hands when I want to clean it off, which is not (laughs) what you're supposed to do. And I would also try investing in like an expensive set, which is like a fantasy of mine for years that I've just, I always forget about it. I mean, what are they made of? Like, is it like ivory, you know, human hair or the bristles are like, I have no, I fucking, yeah. Um, nylon. Nylon. That doesn't seem that luxurious, but. Cruelty-free nylon bristles and lacquered hardwood handles. Oh, hardwood. Wait, is most nylon, wait, is not, nylon is a synthetic material. It's like plastic, Yeah, but right? it can be, ex- sometimes so, expensive stuff is made out of nylon. Yeah. Let me see on Amazon if there's like a nylon brush that costs like $4. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our good, our good little child friends in Bangladesh and Taiwan can make them for us. Let's see. I mean, you can get a set of 32 pieces. You can get a 32 piece set set for $5.99. You know what I mean? But then it's like, do the expensive ones actually make a difference? I have no idea. Probably like a minuscule difference. It's sort of like the difference between the Theragun and our Elifer cheapo gun, like massage guns. It's I'm sure there's some difference, but we're not sophisticated enough to tell. There's a sable hair one. Ooh. For 30 bucks. Sable is a, a type of fox? I don't know. It's like some weird it's little what the animal. orthodox hats are made out of. Okay. Mm. I don't really know what a sable kosher is. Kosher for Sabbath. It's kosher. But I guess I would probably rather get one that was, you know, kosher for vegans. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want a sable. One. I don't need sable. Come on. Who am I? All right. Anyway, I'll, I'll poke around, but you know, I want more, I want makeup brushes. Like, let's just say that for sure. Um, all right. So my try was salty girl. My buy is, well, it was, cause I actually did buy this stuff off of Ooh. goop two hours ago because there is a goop beauty sale going on starting okay. now 20% off. I think like most everything in goop beauty, the, um, we got, or I got a little, you know, promo email. Cause I'm a, a special friend of goop. Mm. Um, so it's goop stars, all one word, G O O P S T A R S 20% off. So I just went tried and true. I didn't want to branch out and get anything new that I hadn't used before. I was just like, okay, I'm, it's 20% off. I'm stocking up. So I got, you know, a goop glow 30 pack of goop glow powder and then classic, the microderm is instant glow exfoliator. Nice. Which is usually, you know, 125. Um, so that was 20% off. The Goop Glow was 20% off. Ended up being like 160. Of course, I did after pay. So I'm golden. I'll never even notice it on my credit card bill. Yeah, I'm just now seeing this email. God damn it. But I don't know. What am I gonna get? We'll see. What is it? 20% off? Yeah, 20%. I off. might get their vitamin C serum. I might get, oh, if they have a good I might get a sunscreen. Oh, I do need, because I've just been using like cheapo 365 
Amazon or not Amazon 365 Whole Foods um, mineral sunscreen. And I've been using it on my face too. And it has made my face so dry. And so I need to, I need to get like a real face sunscreen. No, um, I need, I've been using something really embarrassing, which is like, I got a sun bum stick at oh, yeah. bed, bath and beyond when I was stuck outside for a long time, getting my car serviced and I needed sunscreen badly. So I just picked it up and then I actually really liked it because it's, um, you know, it's really thick and waxy, but I have very dry skin, so I don't mind that. And it, it goes on so thick. It's almost like a, um, uh, like a primer. Like it's very, like, I like how it looks, but, um, I ran out of it or it's almost out. And I kind of want to transition to something that's just a little bit easier to, apply where I don't have to like rub a stick on my face every day. Yeah. But yeah. I, I I didn't I really kind of liked it. Yeah. I mean those I sticks like are are know. useful. And Sunbum's a pretty good brand. I like them. I mean I think it's clean. Um yeah. but maybe I feel like a stick is not supposed to be like usually people like keep them in their bag and you put it on if you're like <laughs> outside. Most people aren't putting a doing the stick every morning, but I did. And I I did like it. I always see a ton of sticks when I am uh, watching tennis, going to a tennis tournament, everyone has a stick and like, cause it's, it's always so hot and sunny in like watching cause they don't provide yeah. shade for the viewers. So right. people are constantly applying their sticks. You got to keep the stick on. Uh, oh, and I, I, I was like, I had said, I was thinking about trying the, um the like sleep milk, but one of our listeners sort of scared me off of it said that they really didn't like it and that it was like peeling their skin off oh my god okay and then they said that there was like you could get a sample of it in sephora so she was like you should get the sample before you actually buy it um but oh, I, shit. I forgot to get my birthday sample from sephora uh, last month god damn it too late but the sephora i i i've been into a sephora a couple times it is always like like a hieronious Bosch level of hell when I'm going there. It's like, yeah, just do it online. It's I, like, it's insane in there. But you can't, you, you have to buy, so you can't just get us, ask for a sample online, can you? I guess you have uh, to buy something anyway. Yeah, you have to, I don't know, but yeah. just buy, I don't know. Buy There's something. So many I could find, yeah, I could find something to buy. Uh, yeah. But anyway, randomly, my mom texted me and was like, oh, I, I got the, I ordered the sleep milk. So, weird i don't think it's come yet but i'll definitely ask her um to see what her her review of it is because she famously is not well this is she actually didn't like all the goop stuff back when they were doing juice beauty she so i don't know if, beauty, which i i can understand that. yeah because she's a very like traditional like you know a nice like she'll do a la mer she'll do like a like a tradi you know, traditional nice stuff. She's not she's not impressed by the clean beauty stuff too. I, often, think, I think that the clean beauty is kind of shitty most of the mm -hmm. time as well. But you know. Uh no. all right. Wow, we clocked in at like well under two hours. This is exciting. Wow, amazing. That's the shortest we've ever mm -hmm. done it. Um, okay. I think we did it. I think we I did a great job. Doctor's appointment. Okay. Oh, you have a doctor's appointment? Yeah, we'll see how it works out. I'll report back next week. Uh, is it anything? It's just like a regular doctor's appointment. Yeah, it's just like a physical. Oh, I need to I need to book one for myself too. Well, let us know uh, all your blood work. Let's know all your levels. All right, I definitely will.
And uh, yeah, we will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.